You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. You're one of my favorite interviewers. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. That's 24-7. Zach, that is really funny. From the latest news on The Real Housewives, deep dives into celebrity legal scandals, and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars, I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. All right. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. So as you saw, the Internet was on a fire over the weekend because we saw Erica Jane come face to face with former Girardi Keese clients. And I had a front row show to the whole show, essentially. Um, And I felt like I have so many thoughts and feelings and opinions that I had to bring on some other people that also have lots of thoughts and feelings and opinions. So please welcome to the podcast today. First up, he got the exclusive published on page six. Please welcome my boy, King Evan Real. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. I feel like, yeah, like you said, so many thoughts, feelings, and opinions, and we must discuss them all (laughs) all of it right um and then you know her from the instagram she's always got the tea and she's ready to mention it all today please welcome from the zen blonde i got miss lauren hey thanks for having me here i need to debrief after processing for 24 hours right like i feel like this will be like our like (laughs) internal debrief that everyone's gonna get welcomed into this is actually therapy the group chat yeah (laughs) And then it's Miss Taka Shame herself. She's here to probably have some hot takes, but I'm ready for them. Please welcome Miss Kiki. Yeah, I feel like people think that the talk of shame is about shaming people and canceling them. I need them to understand that (laughs) the talk of shame is talking about shame and getting it out so we can heal. I think people were surprised about yesterday, so I'm excited to talk about this. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I feel like healing is the most important thing that needs to come from this for everybody involved you know and I think my impression leaving uh yesterday's uh face to face with Erica and some of the victims was that healing is is one thing that everybody is ready for and everybody wants to find some sort of resolve so real quickly to to catch everybody up to speed Kimberly Archie who is featured in the housewife and the hustler documentary she's really good friends with Kathy Rui Gomez who's the mother of Joe Rui Gomez who many people know as um, the young man that was involved in a an explosion that led to him being a burn victim he was represented by Girardi Keese and uh, Girardi Keese allegedly stole I believe it was more than $10 million from his family. They went to court. They've been fighting to get their money back. The judge has, has per, they've been able to prove their case that Girardi Keys did take their money. So th- they're not even alleged victims anymore. It's been proven in court. But so Joe Rui Gomez, his mother came to support her best friend, Kimberly Archie, who was launching Joe's Ice Cream, which is a new ice cream la- line, a charitable ice cream line. And we were invited to attend, to come out and support, eat lots of ice cream. I even brought Sky out to have some of the doggy ice cream. And they also invited Erica Jane. And Erica decided to come and sit down face-to-face with a few of the former Girardi Keys clients. With her was Jim Wilkes, who was rumored to be her boyfriend. Um, he's not her boyfriend, but we do now know that he was the man that helped her leave Tom. He had a long-standing friendship with her and Tom, and he helped her leave Tom um, when she filed for divorce. He was present with her. 
The LA Times was also there. Matt Hamilton, who's the one that has been breaking all of the stories about Girardi Keys from the LA Times, was also there. Bravo cameras were not present. Um, I don't believe Erica was paid to attend. It looked like she came on her own goodwill. Um, and it looks like they were filming for a forthcoming LA Times documentary, but I think that's still in the early stages. So we'll see, you know, where that where that comes. But Kiki, what was your initial reaction when you found out Erica Jane was going to be facing everybody? I mean, this is the funny thing. Like, Kimberly, I had been traveling so much and Kimberly had told me, but honestly, yeah. I was just more worried about Paul's ice cream. And so the whole time I woke up that morning, like excited about ice cream. And I was like, <laughs> we're going to go have ice cream. And then I went back through the messages and I was like, oh, oh, Erica's going to be there. Okay. All right. Like, let's, let's do this. I'm actually, you know, and it was so nice to, cause I was actually planning to get there early. I wanted to help Kimberly set up. Like I was just excited about this launch. And so getting to talk to to, you know, Josie Hernandez and some of the people beforehand was really great because I wanted to know what their feeling was going into this. And, you know, there was some, you know, concern about like whether Erica was going to show up or not, you know, because people have been like, were you guys paid to be? Nobody was paid to be there. We were literally going there. And so, you know, we asked Josie, like, you know, if Erica didn't show up, you know, how would she feel? And she said, you know, I would, I'd be hurt. I would be hurt. And so she was looking forward to this. And I think people need to understand this is like they were they wanted this. They wanted to meet with her face to face. Yeah. When I found out that Erica was coming, I know that there was a little bit of hesitation um, and and just like apprehension. Right. Nobody knew what was actually going to happen. And I you know, you never know, because I literally went to there was this Philip Plain event. like a pop-up opening at the Beverly Center that I was invited to that Rinna was supposed to be hosting and Rinna didn't end up showing up. Um, Did not love that party, by the way. And I'm like, this is why I hate LA, even though I am born and raised and this is my home forever. Um, But so, you know, there's always that hesitation of whether or not, you know, someone's actually going to be coming to the event when it's, you know, a celeb and they're not paid and not obligated. And listen, none of us were obligated to cover anything. Like we all just kind of came you know, in with our own goodwill to come in and support Kimberly and to support the ice cream. Um, Lauren, what was your reaction when you actually saw her walk through the door? Um, so I had heard that she might be there prior to the event, but I didn't realize that like the LA Times was going to be there. It seemed like it was really just going to be a more casual thing. And so everyone just went completely silent. we were in this bar area and everyone just went completely silent. And I was at a complete loss for words. And to be honest with you, um, I mean, I think as fans of Beverly Hills, we all just wanted Erica to stand in solidarity with these victims. Um, I think there's a lot of skepticism around her, but I was just like, I had to say, I felt like a level of respect for her to be able to walk into that room and sit there for like over two hours, look everyone in the eye, hear them out. When she left the event, she was taking photos of people's moms and family members. She wasn't running out of the event. I've seen a lot of these people show up and even just meet and greet or, you know, where they're hosting something or whether in and out. She took her time. She walked around. Um, so I felt a fair degree of respect for her. And I was like, maybe this is a, a true reparation. I got a lot of uh, or the beginning of I got a lot of messages where people are incredibly skeptical yeah. of this whole thing. They think, you know, she got to be better PR person or. Um, you know, something to that effect. But I think I'm optimistic given the reactions of the victims after, but I was shocked when she walked in. I was gobsmacked. (laughs) Yeah, even um, 
I think it was Lottery Nancy. She was like, I like she said that it did not start off as a very, you know, nice conversation. She's like, listen, I had some things to get off my chest and some things that I needed to say. And I think this was a really important moment for them to feel heard and to also feel acknowledged by her. But people also forget, like, with the lawsuits and the legalities, like, it was a very dicey, like, I've... You know, I've always defended her culpability, but I've never defended her likability or some of her behavior on the show. And I know I get a lot of shit for that because people are like, you just defend her blindly. But I was never an Erica Jane stan. Um, I just and I was skeptical of her at the beginning of all of this as well. But I just started going through the legal documents and talking to lawyers and talking to legal experts and diving into all of this and realized, OK, I don't think she really knew what was going on. Um, Evan, you actually got a quote from her. What was her reaction to everything? Well, yeah. So after her discussion with the victims, she walked into the bar where we were all sitting. And it was <laughs> it was kind of nice to see how how friendly she was. She honestly seemed in really good spirits. And I was just like, hey, Erica, can I grab you for a quote? And at first she was a little hesitant. Yeah. But then she decided to give me a quote, um, which I'm so grateful for. But basically she said that she came there with an open heart. She wanted to hear what the victims had to say, and she wanted to figure out a way to move forward with them so that it's like beneficial for all the victims moving forward, which it was it was just so refreshing to hear her say. But like I spoke to Erica maybe like a year and a half ago when things were like a little bit more contentious, like in in the media landscape about the whole Tom Girardi of it all. And she did say, like, I have empathy, like, please let it be known that I have empathy for these victims. So it was nice to see the empathy in action and i'm i'm sure that you know just like due to probably circumstances that none of us will like understand behind the scenes like this this couldn't have happened a year and a half ago but finally there there was a a time and place and space for this to to work and it was like you were saying lauren like the reaction from all of the the people who spoke with erica like immediately after like they seemed like they had a like it was a really good and productive conversation and one thing that Kimberly did say to me afterwards because I grabbed her for a quick interview after the conversation went down she I was like what what do you want people to know about your the relationship between Erica and the victims and she was like I really want people to know that I never thought she stole money there were just like questions that I need answered and it seems like she got them answered yesterday yeah and I think that there's a lot more that's going to come from their conversation and I can see them all working together and holding the men that did this shit accountable for all the the lives that they turned upside down. Um, And it's time, right? And I think, listen, it's all a matter of time. I think if people go back and watch that first season of Beverly Hills when she filed for divorce and they listen to what she was actually open about, they'll feel a different type of way about it now compared to, you know, I think everybody came into that season so skeptical and wanting to believe that she was lying without waiting for everything to kind of play out. But if you watch those episodes back, she was a lot more open and honest that I think people realize. And then it was the season prior, which was the Aspen season, where she's like, I don't give a fuck about anybody else but me. It's like, well, yeah, this is the second season of you taking a beating, you know, from these other women that are constantly questioning you without giving any sort of grace to figure out what was even going on and with court proceedings it takes time you know there's a whole bunch of discovery that needs to happen in order for anybody to figure out there was a whole forensic accounting of the books that needed to be done to find out where the money went whose account it was going in whose account it was being transferred to all of that sort of stuff and the third trophy wife is not getting all the dirty details tom's not coming home 
cutting up some stank and being like, this one's been fed to you thanks to the orphans and the widows. Like, that's just not what's happening. We're not, that's not what's in reality, you know? Yeah. And I think that was like, it was something really good to hear too. You know, like, obviously, you know, the first thing I did was like, because I didn't think there would be an apology made because I'm so used to how LA works and how lawyers yeah. work and all. And I was like, there's no way I ran out of that bar so fast. I actually, I guess I hit the door <laughs> into Julian's face and Eric like grabbed him. I didn't even see that happen because I was headed beelining towards Josie. And the first thing I said was like, did you get an apology? And she said, yes. And it was a really nice apology. And I felt so differently about her after that conversation. And I was able to see, we were able to see each other. And that was like, just what I wanted to hear. I feel like people are also a little skeptical of the setting, right? It was at an ice cream launch. It was at a restaurant. Um, but again, as my understanding is like, this was not something that was pre-planned. This was something that like came together within a matter of days. And even LA Times, so Bravo cameras were not there. She did not film this for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She didn't know that any of us were even going to be there. She just thought she was coming to support, you know, Paul's ice cream. And she didn't. She took photos and, you know, really made sure she helped get the word out about the ice cream line. But I feel like the setting... Even though it was a little strange, considering it's in the middle of, you know, it's in the valley, it's in Sherman Oaks, it's at the Valley Inn. Um, I I think the fact that it was a more casual setting was better than it being like a stuffy interview. Agreed. Agreed so much. Because I think that if it had been made a spectacle people were already acting like it was this huge PR event and it was like the anything but that. And if it had been promoted as that, then nobody would have, I think, bought into it. And I also don't think she would have stayed as long as she did. I think they were able to talk for as long as they did because there was that element of just, it felt like privacy. How long did she talk to them for? It was definitely over an hour. I mean, it, really? you know, I had the whole meal at the bar. <laughs> I had two <laughs> drinks. <laughs> No, I think it was like, I think it was like about two hours. Which two. Is, really? We were hard. there for two hours? Yeah, I know. And like <laughs> you were mentioning Lauren, like it was complete silence. Like it was like we were silence. all in. <laughs> yes. So, so invested. Over. She's like, are we still being quiet? And then there'd be people that strolled in that like had no idea that Erica Jane was having this like war room i mean kind of meeting just down the hall being like hey we're on a road trip uh can we sit down and eat but i mean you know to the point you guys were making before i mean how amazing of erica to do it at this ice cream launch where the step and repeat was featured in all of these photos that are going out into the press and like paul's ice cream i know at least yesterday supported um no birthday left behind which i think is you know homeless kids making sure they have a birthday um, so, and I think it's maybe going into other charitable organizations, but it's like, okay, well, maybe that's even another way that Erica is lending her platform to, you know, help the people that Tom, you know, affected. Um, so I thought it was, I thought it was great that she did that. Culture, society, on every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes... We can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch, because society is great but it doesn't have your couch and it's windy out and you forgot your jacket 
And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... <sighs> so download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Okay, I know the tea is hot, but I just want to take a quick second to shout out one of my tried and true go-to health hacks. That's Liver Lover by my pals at BioRay Inc. Liver Lover supports the liver to process toxins and decreases frustration and anxiousness. It's like grace in a bottle. It's a revitalizing liver tonic. You'll feel energized, sleep more soundly, and have a vibrant skin as you nourish your liver. I've been taking Liver Lover for years now, and it's my go-to. To, especially since you know I love my love me some coffee or a nice little martini on a Friday night or lately in the summer I've been loving me some Aperol spritz it supports and nourishes the liver and adrenals improves the body's ability to filter toxins supports healthy metabolism balanced mood and healthy skin and decreases feelings of frustration and skin irritations liver lover ingredients are traditionally used to support the liver's ability to filter toxins support healthy energy levels and provide mild detoxification of environmental toxins even better it's gluten-free alcohol-free non-gmo soy-free dairy-free vegan nut-free now these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA, so this product is not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any disease. But if you want to show your liver some love today, head on over to BioRay.com. That's B-I-O-R-A-Y, BioRay.com. If you were at my birthday on June 15th at the Bourbon Room, then you got to try some BioRay cocktails. So I highly highly suggest you head on over to BioRay.com and stock up today. All right, back to the tea. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and again, this wasn't a press event. It's not like the press was invited. It's not like there was heavy coverage of anything. Aside from the LA Times, who my understanding kind of looped into this, you know, later, and I don't even think they were, were had full confidence that she was even going to come. Um, this was like really just a low-key sort of environment that they got an opportunity to kind of talk so low key, in fact, that Erica, I don't know if y'all caught this. She was wearing sneakers. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was. I was. Sneakers. Yeah. Very Erica Jane was wearing sneakers. So <laughs> I feel like that says a lot about the nature of yesterday. I was looking at the, some of the paparazzi shots and I saw uh, her, her little sneaker pop out of her black trousers. I was like, oh, she wore a sneaker. No. Yeah. I, when she came out of the out of the boardroom and she walked over to us, I, mean, I was looking. I was like, she's wearing sneakers. Because I also had, I had my dog, my five-month-old puppy, and I had my brother who has autism. So as we were, as everything was so quiet, I was just in my head being like, I hope we don't have an autistic meltdown right now. I hope we don't have a puppy barking right now. I was like trying to keep them both so like occupied. And they luckily, you know, it it went well. Um, Because they even told me at first, like, I don't know if you can bring the dog in if he's going to bark and we're filming. And I was like, he never barks. Thank God he didn't. I mean, he doesn't really ever bark, but I was like, thank God he's been good today because it's always on like the days you don't expect it. But that's, no, and that, that's the thing. Like Erica came in her sneakers, came to give Zach's dog a, <laughs> a pat. Meanwhile, was like reapplying her makeup out of a Ziploc bag at the bar. Like <laughs> this, this truly was like, in essence, very, very low key. Yeah. And I feel like everybody had a really good time. The focus was able to still be on the ice cream aside from, you know, what was going on inside. But like the event seemed to still go really well. And we were able to raise some good money for charity. I took some ice cream home. 
I did I did buy some some doggy ice cream, but it didn't make it home because he ate it before we even got into the Uber. <laughs> yeah, I think I can't remember the exact, you know, but I think Kimberly said that with the money they raised yesterday, they were able to give like, you know, four birthdays to like oh. four children, you know. And, you know, again, even talking, you know, to Nancy, like Erica was very much like, you know, she's like, would you help me promote my book? You know, she's a book coming out next month. And Erica was like, of course. And, you know, Josie was like, would you help promote, you know, I'm a realtor. And she's like, of course, like she wants to help these women, you know, these people, these victims, however she can. And she's just like, you know, I'm sorry what happened to your family. And like, I want you to know that. And they, and they said it was authentic. I didn't feel like it was fake. And that to me was like what I just needed to hear from them. I agree. Yeah. And I think it, listen, it was time. And I, the, I don't love the skepticism of people saying too little too late because you saying too little too late means that there's a timeline of when we can make these victims whole again. And I don't think that that's true. I think, you know, whenever we can find an opportunity to help people, there's never a timeline on that. And the fact that we're in a place where the lawsuits are finally starting to settle down, they've gotten dismissed. Ronald Richards has been able to, you know, calm his fingers on Twitter from all of his typing. But I just feel like there's an opportunity for them to hopefully bring some sort of justice you know, because the system is so backwards right now and the California State Bar needs a lot of cleaning up to do, but also, you know, push forward for some positive change, not just for everybody involved right now, but to prevent stuff like this from happening down the line. Mm-hmm. It's This is yeah. more than a storyline on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and people forget that. Yeah, I mean, there's some major corruption happening and there's people here who are still barred like that we need to investigate that like we and I think all of this is going to come out. And I think Kimberly is going to be a she has been a big part. And I don't think people realize how much she's been doing behind the scenes. And when they realize this, they're going to see like how much how much bigger this really is than Erica. I mean, the first thing I heard, you know, Kimberly say was, you know, Erica is easy to blame because she is the face of this whole scenario. But like, this is so layered and like so complicated that, you know, lawyers don't even understand some of like how complex it is. And so, you know, she has spent a lot of hours just, you know, writing letters, doing a lot of things to get people to understand. And I think, you know, when people start seeing it, it will be good. Yeah, because I think it's easy to point fingers at the most visible person, but it seems like there were people within the legal system that either directly benefited or enabled Tom to do what he did. Yeah, and look at it. Judge um, Trisha Bigelow, Trisha A. Uh, oh, I call her Jigolo Bigelow, but like Trisha <laughs> A. She got a whole butt and a beach house from this, and she was a judge. Yeah, there you go, there you go. And then you look at Erica, and it's like, okay, like. Well, Tom was obviously a master manipulator. Look at the like literal Ponzi scheme he created within like a law office. Like, so to me, I think we might be directing our anger at the wrong people. (laughs) Maybe there's some other people we need to be angry at. But if Erica wants to help and make reparations and use her platform to make these people a whole, I'm all here for it. I agree. It's also really nice that she is you know, working with these people, however she chooses or or can work with them to to help them move forward and help them feel whole again as cameras are down for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I mean, I know that cameras have picked up a little bit to cover some of the Mauricio and Kyle stuff, but it's nice that this 
it like she's not entrenched in the in the filming of the real housewives of beverly hills as she's like trying to figure this out so hopefully they can sort of like i don't know do, do something productive before the cameras pick up back for like season 14 and just like it doesn't become a whole storyline situation because i feel like that can probably be really um distracting yeah. you know mm-hmm and I feel like I know people think it was performative because there was a camera there for the LA Times. My understanding is she agreed to do this before she even knew the LA Times was coming in. And LA Times just kind of was like, you know what, we're covering this. We know Kimberly. We know this case. Like, let's just see what happens. Let's watch what happens live. Look, I was behind the scenes watching the sausage get made. And at one point, because, you know, Erica was, you know, they said, oh, she was going to be here at 1130. And so I'm just sitting there and we're watching. And they were like, oh, you know, should we bring the camera up if we think she's coming? And then they said, the LA Times said, well, do you think if she sees the camera, she might just keep driving? Like, she did not, like, she did not know. Yeah. No, she did not know. Um, and, And listen, and she stayed. And she mm-hmm. stayed and she sat through the whole conversation and then she went outside and promoted the ice cream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think I is huge. I think like people don't understand that ju- like where Erica Jane goes, like a camera follows, like whether it's like a paparazzi or like a cell phone footage, like there was no way this was going to happen without some sort of coverage. Yeah. I mean, and I'm glad that there was coverage because otherwise people would still be, you know, judging her as somebody that doesn't care about the victims. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's it's been apparent that, like, yes, she maybe could have been a little warmer towards them or maybe could have made some better decisions with her behavior. Um, but the fact that we're moving forward in a positive direction, I think, is good. And I know I was like, you know, hopefully this can bring some healing and some closure um, which I want to clarify, I meant closure to the situation, not closure for the victims. Because some people are like, you don't get closure from trauma. I'm like, guys, let's just focus on this is a good thing for everybody. And let's, you know, keep it moving. I did hear an interesting theory yesterday, though, that I think there's still some skepticism about Tom's mental competency. I know that he was evaluated and they do, they did find that he, the court found that he is competent to sit trial. Um, what do, What is your take? Do you guys think that he is faking it? Do you think he's exaggerating it? Do you think, what are your thoughts? I will th- say, unfortunately, I think the, we know what happens when you just become inactive as an elderly person. I think the longer he sits inactive, he will eventually decline into that state no matter where he was to begin with. So by the time it even gets, he will be there. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that there is a genuine cognitive decline, but the person that told me that felt that if he was um, not implicated, he would still be running the law office regardless of that cognitive decline. But I think it's Kiki's point. If he sits there inactive, a, a small cognitive decline is going to snowball into a bigger cognitive decline. Yeah. I when I chatted with Erica last year, she told me that sometimes when she speaks to Tom on the phone, he's like very confused and doesn't know who she is. And like she seemed like she believed, believed that yeah. there was a, a genuine cognitive decline. But then again, you know, yeah. there is that manipulator-ish side of Tom. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. No, that, that's what I heard is some of the skepticism is that maybe he might be playing her as well, which I think the manipulation that he's done for on not just, you know, the law firm, but on her individually, if he is continuing that and playing up this Alzheimer and dementia diagnosis, then I just think that's 
all sorts of sick and twisted. And who better to play the legal system than Tom? That's the thing is it's like, he's really smart. You know, I know Daniel Feruzin, who's an attorney here in Los Angeles. He just interviewed Tom Girardi in, uh, October, October 2020, before every all the shit hit the fan, he interviewed him for like a full sit down one on one one hour interview with Tom and Tom was fine and competent for the most part, you know, because he said that, you know, there were a couple of like little twerks or maybe he would kind of, you know, reiterate or regurgitate some of the same lines. And that, you know, he definitely seemed to have been getting up there in age, but that for the most part, he was still kind of there. And then all of a sudden he's got Alzheimer's and dementia by December. So there is a lot of skepticism, but I do agree, Kiki, like somebody who's so sharp and who has to be on top of his game in court to now be completely inactive and to now be, you know, playing bingo. Like, it's just he's not that's not going to keep him sharp. No, definitely not. It'll be interesting to see what happens at trial, though, should that move forward, because it's coming up. Yeah. And there's going to be try. this will go on for a decade because it's just going to unravel. The, the yarn is going to just keep. Yeah, it's. And I'm sure they're going to start turning on each other. Keith and David Lira, they're all going to start to flip. Come Nobody on. wants to go to, you know, federal prison, even as nice as federal prison may be for, you know, you know, they're like, I want the shortest sentence possible, please. Yeah. And they're going to fight at this point. Mm-hmm. They have no loyalty to each other. No. And they have all the legal acumen from having dealt with clients that they can play some pretty interesting games there. So, I'm and sure that's they probably why game. that's probably why it'll last forever. Like you said, Kiki, it's going to be like a decade, like Anna Nicole Smith style. Yeah. R.I.P. Anna Nicole Smith. R.I.P. A queen. Well. I'm glad that the victims were able to get some, you know, some sort of resolve and be able to get to a good place with Erica. Hopefully that continues to move forward. Um, I look forward to seeing what comes of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for this upcoming season. Um, you know, I feel like Erica's finally able to to come out of the 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 ashes of getting, you know, burned in all of this situation. Hopefully she'll use the platform that she has to do these people right. Um even though it really is not our responsibility, it's the men that stole the money and now they're they're being held accountable and they're in jail or in the process of facing the upcoming trial. Um, that said, everyone should go and support Paul's ice cream. Go follow Kimberly Archie. Thank you, Kimberly, for inviting us. And before we wrap, I do want to um, just get your thoughts on the Vanderpump stuff and the Raquel of it all because we now see she's out of the mental health facility TMZ reported that the bill was $200,000. They've reported that she is technically bound by her contract with Bravo to return for another season. I was kind of trying to explain this on YouTube uh, over the weekend, how when you sign these contracts, there's typically an order pickup where they have the option whether or not, you know, whatever the terms, whatever the yeah, the terms of the agreement are however number of episodes or seasons or whatever, they reserve the right to keep you or to cut you. That's why when housewives leave amicably, it's rare. It's it's a very rare thing that it's their decision to leave um, because the network is the one that ultimately holds the power unless your contract is up and you are up for renegotiation. Uh, so it looks like Bravo has the option to exercise their pickup for another season with Raquel. But my understanding is her her representation is saying, well, her mental health is a little fragile right now. Give us more money and then her mental health will be a little better. So, I mean, listen, give me a little more money and my <laughs> mental health will be great, right? Um, and then she's also dropped the name 
Rachel and is reclaiming, or sorry, she's dropped the name Raquel and is now reclaiming her birth name, Rachel. Thoughts, reactions to all of it. Evan, we'll start with you because I feel like you're ready. I know I, I do. I, I, I got to say, I kind of love the Rachel reclamation. <laughs> like, I think that's very smart on her end because they, you know, the cast really was weaponizing her birth name, Rachel. And I, I, th- I think that's smart. So love that for her. Let's just, you know, really dive into the Rachel of it all. Um, and I kind of don't blame her for like hardballing Bravo and trying to get as much money as she can, because I mean, it's really kind of, I don't know, I guess you can look at it both ways. Like it's either like lose, lose or win, win. Like, I think that like no matter what, she's always going to have this like scarlet letter on her. So she's going to sort of like jump back into like the fire pit and open herself up for criticism and and all the hate from the Bravo fans. Like she might as well be making as much money as she can from it. Like, I mean, that's what I would do if I was her. And just say I want more money like just own that you want more that's my thing is it's like don't play this like mental health thing because if you wanted to focus on your mental health you would not be returning to Vanderpump Rules it's like being in an abusive relationship breaking up going to therapy leaving therapy and being like okay babe I want to date you again it's like it's crazy it's literal insanity like when Jax right. Taylor is the voice of reason in all of this and he's saying that it's too toxic for her yeah i mean i do feel like i kind of wish that like the the public narrative like the reporting was more like bitch i want more money but like as you said it's more like my mental health is declining and i feel like more zeros would help it become but like i like like i don't know i yes you're you're right in that sense like just be like a little bit more transparent about what it is that you want because Listen, if your mental health was still fragile, you would be racking up another hundred thousand dollars at the facility. I feel like Tom and Raquel are so fucking stupid. Like, give us Spencer and Hyde. Give us the modern day Spidey and just own it. Lean into yes. it and make the money. Here's the thing: Spidey was getting all the paychecks back in the day. Ariana's getting all the paychecks right now, but that's not to say that Tom and Raquel couldn't be making their bank right now had they just been playing the game better. Like, wait, maybe Zach, they that is get- self. So- it's, sorry, it's so funny you say that because I have been saying that like Tom and Raquel should just spidey it up, spidey 2.0. Like that is what they need to do. Like, uh, yes, I wish, I, I hope, I hope they they lean into that mentality. I feel like they could get an Ashley Madison sponsorship for sure. Oh, um, oh yeah, Ashley Madison totally like <laughs> slept on that. They fumbled the bag on right? that one. I'm like, you would have gotten a lot of visibility for putting any of these people on your ads and you're already like doing that. So why not? But um, I. I feel like I understand wanting more money too, though, because like what she will be subjecting herself to is going to be crazy. But I do think like you're saying, if they just leaned into it, they would eventually come to a place of like resolution. Um, And I have to say, at least Raquel went away and like tried to do something. Whereas like, I'm like, Tom is just out there tomming it up. So, but I also look, I actually see this mental health play as like a sign that she has better representation because like she is basically like, I want more money. I know I'm in this contract, but I can get out of this contract by saying my mental health is fucked up. I just got to like make sure that that is already out in the public. And then if you don't give me the money I want, she's at a good point. But if she drags it out too long and if they film for too long, then she's going to screw herself and they're going to be like, well, fine, we're going to do the season without you. Because I don't think right. they, I don't think they need her. Because here's the thing. What is she going to bring to the show? She's going to be Namaste Rachel. 
the cast isn't going to beat her up anymore. They already got their, you know, they got their asses handed to them for beating her up at the reunion. And so now she's just going to come back as Bambi and she's reborn. Like, I just, I don't understand what she's really going to bring to the show if she were to come back in the full-time capacity and how she's going to make her money. What did Bethany say? Pigs eat and hogs get slaughtered. If you, if you try to go for too much, you're not going to get anything in the end. Yeah. <laughs> not Zach implying Rachel is a hog. Tell us how you really feel, Zach. <laughs> Do you guys think the the Tom and Lisa fight that's been going all over the internet that there was security involved is real? I mean, maybe, no. maybe Evan knows. I don't know. I I actually know nothing about this, but it's. I mean, it sounds a little far fetched to me. Crazy. Like I I'm I'm skeptical about it, but would I love to see it? Would I love to hear about it on the next season of Vanderpump Rules? Like, absolutely. I just can't imagine it. It just sounds insane. Like, I was like, this sounds insane. really crazy. Lisa screaming at Tom. Like, when does Lisa lose her composure and scream expletives at one of her cast co-stars? I wish she would, though. I think if I could see Lisa do that, that would be very cathartic for me. So I hope it's real, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know. You think she sold a story to Radar Online to (laughs) Dumois? That's the most we've gotten out of Lisa. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Well, I'm hoping it's a good season of Vanderpump Rules. It looks like it's going to be from what we've seen so far. All these leaks. I like that we're getting leaks, but, like, we're also not, like, I'm still excited to watch the show. Because we're not really getting, like, the meat of what these conversations are about or what their interactions are. We're kind of just getting, like, stuff from afar. And I wish that, like, someone said this to me last night. I wish Lisa would buy the Abbey. The Abbey is for oh, sale. Can you imagine if she, like, bought it and then redid it? And then, like, it would be such a great part of the story. Yeah, she so smart. Be, she should, like, go in with Lance Bass and, like, get yes. it together. That would be iconic. Yes. That was another the reality Abbey show. Life. Yes. Well, they tried that. What happens at the Abbey and that bombed? <laughs> I, f- I, feel like, I feel like Vanderpump could do it better. I think they yeah. can. I think Lisa can do it better. I think with Lance Bass's backing, it can do really well. Didn't he get married or had like a bachelor party there? Did he? I think so. At the Abbey? I think so. Maybe. I feel like he's always bopping around WeHo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, he owns, he owns like lots of it now. Rock and, (laughs) uh, Rocco's and Hart. Yeah. I mean, LVP really do need to join forces for that. I hope they're listening to this. I don't know why they don't. Yeah, because they're like good friends too. Yeah, like go into Lisa, business. Lisa, hit together. us up. We we got we got you. We can be your new business <laughs> consultants. Yes. Wait, maybe they can name it Zach, Evan, Kiki, and Lauren instead of Tom and Tom. <gasps> you know, a really catchy name like that. Like a law really firm. Sick. It's like a law firm. <laughs> like, like a law firm. Gerardi and Keese. Oh man! Even though Keese has been like gone for a minute, but he, he kept it. I guess you can't really just call it Girardi. Girardi's like, why am I in it? (laughs) (laughs) Keese's publicist has probably been pissed through all this. Isn't Keese died? Didn't he? Oh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Keese. He's like, I'm getting out of this shit. He's like, Tom, I'm out. (laughs) He faked his own death. I wouldn't be surprised with any of the games that these are like, come on. The bookkeeper was literally trying to move to the Bahamas. He was selling all of his property, bought a place in the Bahamas. He was like on his way out when they caught him. Right. Like, Like, or he didn't come back for some stupid reason and gets arrested. Yeah, he came back to something, get something from his sister or something. 
And that's where they found him. And he was like, oh, I wasn't trying to flee the country. I just sold all of my assets and bought a place in the Bahamas. Very Elizabeth Holmes. Like, what? I just bought a one-way ticket to Mexico right before. I was I was coming back, you guys. JK. Oh, my God. Kiki, Lauren, Evan, thank you guys so much for coming on the pod today. Kiki, let everybody know where they can follow you and support. They can uh, find me at The Talk of Shame on Instagram and TikTok. There you go. The talk of shame, Lauren. Uh, you can find me at the Zen Blonde on TikTok and Instagram. There we go. The Zen Blonde and Evan Real. I'm at Evan Real on Instagram. I don't really TikTok, but I'm Real Evan on TikTok. And that is my like second half of the year intention mm. is to be more active on TikTok. I saw something on on Facebook the other day that my friend posted and said something about like, I don't watch TikToks. I watch Instagram reels of TikToks two weeks after they're trendy, like a grown adult. Like I'm trying not to be that person. I'm trying to be cooler. So all my TikTok feed is, is like tarot card readers and like Abraham Hicks affirmations. Like I literally, and then all of my feed, my for you feed. And then I just repost anything that I post on Instagram Reels. I'm an Instagram Reel person. I feel like mm. I'm not 21. I don't TikTok as much as I probably should TikTok. But I'm on the tickety talk. <laughs> All right, guys, give Evan some love. Give Lauren some love. Give Kiki some love. And stay tuned. We've got lots more updates to come on Vanderpump Rules. We've got lots more updates to come on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Kyle and Morgan. Mauricio is posting some thirst traps. Did you guys see the thirst traps? I was like, oh, yeah, so I see it. I was so like, good. listen, Morgan could never. <laughs> yeah, Mo looks incredible. Yes. Call me. <laughs> yeah, if you are. Serious, Although I will say the slide, the slide afterwards when he was like, "I was fat," I was like, "You were still looking, yeah, super he was tasty." Still a snack. Still yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys for listening. To Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach all over the internet, or you can follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button and drop a comment below letting me know what you thought of today's episode with Kiki and Lauren and Evan. Be sure to give them some love. Give them a follow. And check out Evan's exclusive interview now up on page six from live from the Valley Inn and Restaurant in Sherman Oaks, everybody. Check out Paul's Ice Cream and support Kimberly Archie. It's a great ice cream line. Supports charity. Good cause. So go and show it some love. All right, guys, I will talk to you later this week. I have to go get my hair bleached. So I better get the wine ready because my my hair is going to be on fire. All right. Talk to you later. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye.